Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is, mo- is Monday, October 8, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 9. We are at page 133, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Renee A., 12 traditions, Esther F., reading the text are Marie J., Craig F. and Martha Z. The reference number for Sunday, October 7th, 2018, is 12011. That's 12,011. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has what has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Renee A. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Renee A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great day. Pass. Thank you, Renee. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, in that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 133, the first paragraph through three paragraphs ending in have found this practice beneficial. Comments will be on all. I will ask Marie J to begin reading. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great, thanks. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. Now about health. A body badly burned by alcohol does not often recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is the most powerful health restorative. We, who have recovered from serious drinking, are miracles of mental health. But we have seen remarkable transformations in our bodies. Hardly one of our crowd now shows any mark of dissipation. But this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. We do not hesitate to take, do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. Most of them give freely of themselves, that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, 
We should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating the newcomer and in following his case afterward. One of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book in manuscript form told us that the use of sweets was often helpful, of course, depending upon a doctor's advice. He thought all alcoholics should constantly have chocolate available for quick energy value at times of fatigue. He added that occasionally in the night, a vague craving arose, which could be satisfied by candy. Many of us have noticed a tendency to eat sweets and have found this practice beneficial. Well, that's interesting for us, isn't it? (laughs) Um, You know, these paragraphs tell us that this spiritual process works and that these hundred people have chosen the spiritual path and come out healed in body, mind, and spirit. And it really gives us hope. You know, it says that we are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is the most powerful health restorative. And that's really um, what this is all about. You know, but they also use caution and they do it with humility. You know, step step seven in action. There are good resources in doctors and psychiatrists and professionals. And we're directed here to use what's available to us if we need additional help. And in my case, it took three years before I sought any professional help in a nutritionist. You know, the first three years on, um, of this program, I managed my own food plan and I white knuckled it a lot of the time. And then I rested on my laurels and didn't get through all the steps, got to step nine, didn't finish. And, you know, it was real easy to relapse because I was still in charge. You know, I don't have any business creating a food plan for myself because I just don't have the qualifications and because my mind is obsessive. I'm going to keep going back and letting my mind take control unless I, I hold on to this spiritual program and use professionals that are available to me. And that's just what I needed to do. Not everybody needs to do, but I, I needed to have a professional help me to tell me what kind of foods to eat and how to balance my food choices. And I don't need to be in charge. You know, my fear, though, for the first three three years was that um, inviting a professional in, I would lose control. And that's what drove me to maintain hold of this because that's my fundamental problem. I'm a control addict. And when I gave that over and I gave it to a professional, I actually got freedom and I felt safe. And that was just a a beautiful thing for me to realize that I didn't have to be in fear. I could be in freedom and safety. And this commentary on sugar, I find it really interesting because, you know, you can see how sugar might be prescribed for an alcoholic and not every alcoholic is a sugar addict. But of course, the only way for me to maintain my abstinence around sugar, because that is a problem for me, is that I also had to remove alcohol. So we don't know and we can't tell people what their abstinence is. You know, it just proves how we have to know what our allergy to the body is and we need to get help in determining that and put together our abstinence list so that we can live free of fear and feel safe in our food choices. But the message here is that the this is first a spiritual program and that Many can recover just on that basis of bringing the spirit in, but we also need to be open to enlisting the help of professionals, and there's nothing wrong with that. We can get a lot of help there, too. So thanks. I pass. Thank you so much, um, Marie. And so now, if you just jumped on the line, 
We're on page 133, now about health. We read through three paragraphs, ending with found this practice beneficial. And who would like to share on those three paragraphs? Chrissy G. Chrissy G. Joan S. I heard someone. Joan S. Take a few more. Roz G. Roz G. Kim G. Kim G. Victoria K. Victoria K. And Harlan. Okay, Harlan G. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're hearing lots of talking, so unless you're Chrissy G, please mute your phone. So we'll go with Chrissy G, Joan S, Roz G, Kim G, Victoria K, and Harlan G. Go ahead, Chrissy. Star one to unmute, Chrissy. Hi, it's Chrissy G. Can you Thank hear me? You. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I just wanted to to talk i had i haven't read this in such a long time this part i i almost forgot that it was there i mean i did forget um and the first time that i ever read this interestingly enough i was in aa i was um getting sober so i was also when i came in to my first 12 step program which was well, it was OA, and then I went to AA because I had both issues simultaneously. Um, yeah, I, I remember they had this little yellow book called Living Sober, and they talked about this exact thing, you know, with having having something to help you through through the physical cravings, like in the early in the early days, and we do have the physical cravings in the days for our choice in this program and it's of course very very different and it's like what things helped and for me it was a lot of eating behaviors that helped me through the triggers so you know for me um when I ate my foods, one of the one of the things that helped me is I ate on a, in a on a regular schedule, which I still do today within reason. You know, I'm not rigid about it, but it helps because in the beginning it was like I, you know, I was I was in a restorative um, food plan with my my nutritionist, and I was needing to gain weight. Um, but it was helpful for me once I did start to get used to eating and then wanting to eat, it was helpful for me um, in because I wasn't eating in between meals to know that my my meal was coming at a certain time. So that was helpful to have scheduled food and also to have my food prepared. So those, you know, if I was going to write my own yellow book about OA and give the suggestions of how to live abstinently, that would be one of my suggestions that was very, very helpful in the beginning was to have, be very um, prepared with my food and also to be very scheduled. Another thing for me that was helpful 
um, I, I practice Catholic religion, so I do, I do Lent. So except for during Lent, the first year when I was abstinent, I, and I still do this to this day, I enjoy um, decaffeinated tea. Um, so I have that in between meals because this is the way my abstinence works, is I eat what I'm supposed to eat um, when I'm supposed to eat it, within reason, um, and I don't eat anything else. And if it's nighttime if, and I'm hungry, it's like the day is done. Tomorrow's another day, and I'm not going to starve. Time. So I might have like a cup of tea, which is very, very helpful for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy. Okay, Joan S., you're up, followed by Roz G. Thank you. This is Joan S. and uh, recovering in New Jersey. Grateful to be here and thank you for your service. Um, yeah, so the, this was always my favorite part in the book. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, it for me, it shows how the program has evolved um, today. And in my home group, we, we study this chapter and we, we've just replaced the words with, with prayer. Um, so, and it works, it works well for us. And for myself, I know um, that was what worked for me in the beginning when those cravings came. And um, really, that's, that's all I had to share. I, I just wanted to weigh in. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Joan. Roz G, you're up, followed by Kim G. Good morning. This is Roz G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. And I was, you know, thinking about the body badly burned and the depression. And, um, of course, you know, all the eating and the, the weight gain and the weight loss and the weight gain and the weight loss and over-exercising and having, you know, plantar fasciitis and all that stuff uh, was a result of my overeating and over-exercise. And um, it took it took several years for me to be in, in a body that is, um, I consider to be very healthy, but sometimes my twisting is, in my thinking, is twisted. But yeah, I don't, I don't know when I go, I just went to the doctor the other night and I got weighed and um, and they asked me about how I'm doing and I'm doing very well. And my, my weight is at a very good, you know, BMI. I mean, I'm within where I'm supposed to be. Um, but I, you know, I got to tell you, I had a depression and twisted thinking for a long time. And sometimes I still do. Thinking, you know, just thinking, just being depressed, just um, always being jealous um, being um, ungrateful for the things that I have and for looking and looking at the things that I don't have. Well, I don't have this. And then being reminded by my sponsor to be, have a, you know, be grateful for the things that I have. And so what that took was a spiritual mode of living, living on a spiritual basis, pausing when agitated. That is a very spiritual practice for me. And I have to, you know, there's no question about having to get up in the morning and ask God to direct my thinking and to pause when I'm agitated. And, you know, I tried nutritionists and I, and I, and I tried professionals and I, it just never worked for me. And the dignity of choice um, sample 
Plans of Eating from OA has been a freedom for me and a, a wonderful guide as to how to eat. And it has, and right, you know, today I do have a, a sound mind and a sound body, but that's that's uh, dependent, of course, upon my um, my relationship with God. So today I'm in a healthy body. Today my thinking is uh, clear and and good. Depend, and I also have to, like I said, I have to I have to depend on God for that in the morning and pausing during the day, and using the dignity of choice. Um, pamphlet has been very helpful for me and with that I pass thank you thank you Roz okay Kim G you're up followed by Victoria K good morning good morning everyone my name is Kim J and we're covered compulsive reader uh, we are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is the most powerful health restorative we who have recovered from serious drinking are miracles of mental health but we have seen remarkable transformations in our bodies. You know, I'm really grateful to read that. And um, I think of, I've had conversations, unfortunately, with uh, some people that go to big book meetings in OA that do not think that abstinence is necessary. That they think that OA is just the behavior and we should be able to eat whatever we want and God's going to teach us to moderate. And they seem to hang their hat on page 64 where it says when a spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically, meaning that first we have a spiritual awakening and then God will teach us to moderate our eating. And I'm grateful for this part of the book because it's basically telling us that that's not true. And what I really understand today, and I've talked to people in AA when I try and say, well, do you think that, that they're saying, you know, first you recover and then you stop drinking and they laugh at me. Because what they're, what they're saying is, first I have to put the food down. I have to be physically abstinent. Then I address the mental twist, which is the spirit, which was done through the step work of the spiritual malady. And then I straighten out mentally and physically, meaning that's when my emotions start to calm down. That's when I start to be able to address my character defects and my relationships. And then what happens is, because I'm abstinent, because I've had a spiritual awakening, I straighten out physically, meaning what they're saying, are we are restored to health? You know, so many of our members get off of blood pressure medications and high pressure and high blood pressure and cholesterol. You know, the bulimics that I work with, God, the amount of dental work that needs to be done from throwing up in our intestinal systems. And I know for me, I thought it was just aging that my knees were bothering me, but once I, I lost the weight, my knees were fine. So when it's said on page 64, we straighten out physically, it doesn't mean abstinence, it means there's consequences of our overeating, either in, in obesity or bulimia or being underweight, start to heal because we're no longer binging. And I just want to make one comment about, about the chocolates. You all get so twisted on this. But I think this is a really good lesson about the allergy. Because the alcoholics don't have an allergy to sugar, so they can kind of go and get ease and comfort. I know I'm the same way with shopping. You know, if I'm a little bit restless, irritable, discontent, I can get a hit off of shopping since I don't have a shopping addiction. I'm able to do that. So I know for myself, I live in Philadelphia area, a lot of AA meetings are eating meetings. They have a lot of heroin addicts to try to get them to eat. And I have a hard time bringing newcomers to LA because there's too much food at the AA meetings. And this is just a reminder to us of why we need all these different 12-step programs because our allergies are different. 
the difference between all 12-step programs is step one, what we're allergic to, and step 12, what we carry the message to, and everything else is addressing that mental twist. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Victoria K, please, and then Harlan G. Good morning, everybody. This is Victoria K, recovering uh, overeater in Minneapolis, recovered um, in Minneapolis, and glad to be here. Um, what an interesting passage, and, and as I hear it read, uh, I think about the newcomers who are on the line and how confusing this must be because they're saying to eat candy. So um, I I want to just, and, and, and I'm going to be followed by Harlan, so Harlan, you're going to kind of clean up and deepen what I say here. This book was written when the only addiction that, that they had in their sights was alcohol. They weren't thinking about people who were on drugs or food or sex addiction or gambling addiction or shopping addiction. None of that was on their radar. They were talking only about alcoholics and the idea of cross addiction, um, I'm quite sure, uh, was, was not in anybody's radar. So for them, as, as Kim G just pointed out, you know, for them, to have some candy could help them get through a tough day. Um, and for us, that would not be a good idea. Um, and uh, in, in regarding in terms of what we can accomplish spiritually without being abstinent, um, I can say for myself that I was not able to even perceive my spiritual and deeper psychological issues until I stopped turning to food because they were all layered over with a blanket of, of I, I couldn't see what was going on with me. I, I couldn't sense it. I couldn't address it. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't identify my questions. So to give yourself um, abstinence is really critical if you want to have a deeper spiritual experience. Um, I think there are plenty of ways I know in early abstinence and on the rough days, if, if I just am really dealing with cravings of food, we have the fellowship, we have the telephone. Um, I'll get busy with something. And to make sure for me, one thing that was very helpful was to make sure that I'm hydrated, that I'm drinking enough water um, really makes a difference because my crazy body doesn't know, doesn't even know what hunger was. I'm getting better with that now. I can perceive it more clearly now, but I didn't know what hunger was. And, um, and thirst often looked like hunger to me and felt like hunger to me. So I learned to turn first to a glass of water. Um, but um, this is one of the few, few, few places in this beautiful book, this wise book, where we need to differentiate ourselves from the alcoholic and identify differently. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victoria. Harlan G., it's your turn. Thank you, Katie, and thank you to Team Monday for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, this disease came upon me as an infant. And by the time I was about 10 years old, 
I was emasculated physically by this illness and deformed physically by this illness. I was emasculated mentally by this illness. I was torn asunder by something that I did not understand and I did not feel that I deserved. I was fatter than any two, three of my friends put together from a very early age. I have had 29 hours of plastic surgery. I could probably have another 50 hours of plastic surgery, and I would still not look right. I have suffered tremendously. I've had both hips replaced, and now I've had both knees replaced. This disease is uncompromising in its zeal to cripple and kill. It says here on page 133, we who have recovered from serious drinking are miracles of mental health. The mere fact that I haven't jumped out the window is, is evidence enough that this recovery works. I live my life. Yes, I wish I didn't have what I call bubby arms. I, you know, the arms with the fat on the bottom. I've had that for many, many years. I wish I didn't have certain pockets of flab and fat on my body that only a surgeon can take away because I'm at a relatively normal weight. My doctors are fine. They, you're okay. You're fine the way you are. You're okay. I do use a nutritionist. I do go to the gym. And I see men older than me that look like they're 18. What I have to remember is I have an illness of the mind and an illness of the body. I have a depth to my spiritual life that they may or may not have. I don't know, but I definitely have it. I have a place that I can go where I can speak and understand the language of the heart. And the gifts that I've been given in exchange for the plantar fasciitis and the hips and the knees and all the other stuff, the gifts that I have been given by this magnificent way of life are unbelievable. They are unbelievable. The people and the places are indescribable. This is the greatest way of life in the world, and I want to live it. I want to be alive, and I want to take advantage of all of it. Many of the adults in my life were Holocaust survivors, and they said, live until you die. This is the best way I know to live until I die. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, um, if you just joined us, uh, we are on page 133. We read through three paragraphs, starting with Now About Health, and stopped at the top of page 134, have found this practice beneficial. Who else would like to share? Russ M. Katie Janie G. from Boston. Larry hey, Russ a. M. Katie Melissa G. Melissa C. Okay, just, okay, just stop, please. I missed someone. I've got Russ M., Katie G., someone, Larry K., Barbara E., um, hmm. Melissa C. Vasa O. Jamie Z. Jane, Jamie or Jamie? Jamie Z. Okay. 
uh, Barbara E. and Vasa O. Okay, let's start there. That's a good list. Okay, I have Russ M., Katie G., Janie Z., Larry K., Barbara E., and Vasa O. Did I miss anyone that said their name already? Yeah, Melissa C. Oh, yes, I knew I heard someone else. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks. Um, I knew I heard you. Okay, so let's go with Russ M., followed by Katie G. Good morning, Katie. Russ M., the cover compulsive reader outside of Philly. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, an alcohol barely burned by this disease, you know, we're not going to recover overnight, right? It's not going to happen when it's not for finger. And, um, yes, great. I'm at a, at a, at a decent body weight. I'm pretty close to where I need to be. But my thought processes, my emotions, you know, my chemicals still aren't right. You know, I think, you know, I want it. I want it all perfect before I even got in the program, right? So I, I, I've been impatient with myself over the year, two years I've been involved in program. And, you know, I have to think, the years of this disease just ravaging me, you know, loss of hope, despair, misery, pain, suffering, everything that went on happened, like, for 44 years. So, you know, it's going to take time to get this, this straight. So, you know, almost every day, every day I take time to put some kind of positive, uh, material in front of myself, whether I'm listening to something, I fill myself with that. I have to make an intentional, conscious effort along with my program, you know, in conjunction with my program. So so my, my spirit is being fed so I can reprogram my mind from the craziness and the, the deluded, you know, messed up thinking that I've had for all these years. I have to make a, con- a conscious effort at it. Uh, because I get depressed. I'm still emotional. It's not perfect. You know, like, yeah, we do feel it all better, like our, the Godfather says. You know, my, my, my dear a mentor in, in, in this beautiful recovery. Um, so I have to make an intentional, concerted effort to feed my, my brain instead of my body, my emotions, my, my spirit. Now, my candy, my candy in this program, one is prayer and two is service. When I get cravings or I'm losing my mind, that I'm over-emotional, I got to dump myself into service. That helps that craving go down. That helps me get through. That teaches me what this program is about. That's to, to me, that's the real recovery, not just being out of the food, not just, you know, uh, working my spiritual program, but that's my spiritual program in action. When I'm in, in service to someone else, the only way I can do it. So I, I know it's not going to be perfect. Life is not going to be perfect. And, you know, we're, I'm an emotional guy, and, and I'm an edgy person. I'm built that way. I'm wired that way, just like I'm a compulsive overeater. But to, to, to live it to, with a semblance of sanity and service and effectiveness to others, that's how I have to do it. Service and just trying to be positive. Thanks a lot. I love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ. Katie G, you're up, followed by Janie Z. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, grateful to be on the line. And, you know, I wanted um, my twisted thinking and depression to vanish yesterday, and I wanted my body to be restored. 
immediately. And um, one of my teachers says, you know, Katie, there's a difference <clears throat> between relief and freedom. And I'm a relief-seeking missile, you know, like just <laughs> like this book says. <laughs> if I have a vague craving, you know, fill it up. And um, I got to be honest, my anorexia and bulimia and, you know, don't laugh or do laugh, laugh with me is um, at one point in this program, <laughs> I drank so much hot water that I was seeing stars. So like unhealthy, unhealthy bulimic tendencies, Katie, like let's, let's practice the willingness to bear discomfort, Katie, let's stop reaching for something. And I remember when I needed to put down chewing gum, because I used to chew $400 worth of gum a month and um, have the consequences of that, um, which I'm not going to go into, um, I said to someone, what's going to happen when I put it down? And then I got this thought, like, God can enter in, right? Like, God can enter into our broken places if I'm willing to sit with the feelings. And I love doctors and psychologists, and I love that we honor this because medications and doctors are a complete and total outside issue. And I have had many doctors tell me I'm mentally insane and cannot function in this world without prescription medications and just my experience only um, that was not true and um, because of um, this process you know I do have a healthier way of thinking and my body is not osteopenic today um, I have had a root canal because of my my blessed bulimia I have had um, I've had uh, the inability to um, do other things that a woman's body needs to do because of the starvation um, in my body and the damages of anorexia and bulimia have come very close to killing me. Um, but a day at a time, I am being restored and, um, and that my twisted thinking isn't going to vanish overnight. And the difference for me today is that um, taking that pause is that when the twisted thinking comes, I have a choice. Am I going to feed it or am I going to pause? You know, and, and God is in the pause. God is in the, okay, like observing it. I am not my feelings. I am not my thoughts. It's not going to vanish overnight, but can I sit with it, observe it, and allow God to change it? And that's what I want today. God, help me see this differently so I may continue in this abstinence, beautiful life, and to help others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. <clears throat> Janie Z, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, everyone. This is Janie Z from Chicago, uh, compulsively overeater, bulimic. Um, this is a great passage, I guess. Um, the twisted thinking and depression won't uh, vanish in a twinkling is, for me, um, caught my eye. The, I suffer from a mood disorder, and I do have to be on medication long-term, um, I've accepted that, and but the the great thing about this program is that I don't suffer episodes of depression nearly as much because I'm in this program. My thinking is better, but I do have to go um, to um, a psychologist and a psychiatrist on a continual basis. Um, for that mood disorder, but this program 
helps me with that and makes it better. And so that's an awesome thing. Um, I don't have nearly as many episodes of depression as I as I did over the years. And um, laying down the food, of course, is the number one thing to, that has to be done to have the spiritual awakening. And um, I just, that is what, is keeps being a stumbling block for me and I'm going I go to the food too often rather than going to God and to the phone and the places that I need to do. I am doing things though um trying to do things differently to get and stay absent and have God remove this obsession from me. And I know and I believe through all of the words that people say in this in these meetings and in this program that there's hope and that I won't give up. I know this is works and I will never give up because I I've had long term abstinence and I know that it's what glorious um, life that brings. Um, I am not where I want to be health-wise and with my body size, and I'm not in a good place, but I know that there's hope that I can get back to where I was and a healthy size, and I'm very grateful for that hope. And thank you all for giving me that hope. And with that, I'll pass. Katie, star one. Katie, we don't hear you. If Katie's no longer there, I believe that was the last person that shared. Okay, um, I'm sorry. This is um, Katie. I I got I accidentally got hung up. Um, Larry K is next, please, followed by Barbara E. Thanks, Katie. Welcome back. Um, boy, you. that happens to me. Oh, <laughs> that happens to me all too often. Um, Larry Kay um, recovered this morning. You know, th- this is a beautiful um, spiritual program of action. I always want to be reminded. You know, we read in these paragraphs of, you know, once again, that word spiritual spiritual program, miracles tied to the spiritual program of action. Someone told me recently. One of her prayers was, I'm surrounded and sustained by the love of God. You know, and, and boy, that, that hits me. That's what it feels like. See, I got here, maybe like you, maybe we have a different narrative. I'm sure we do. We might have some things in common. But one thing's for sure, we got here in the quicksand, right? We got here in the quicksand. And I was thrashing about in the quicksand. And life wasn't going too well for, for me. And I was 100 pounds heavier, and I was, um, you know, the horrible relationships, emotional detachment, but I sure looked good on paper, or so I thought. And the disease kept 
you know, kept beating me up. It, it, and, and the disease beat me into a state of reasonableness. You know, I go to meetings today and, you know, we hear lots of different things and there's lots of slogans and so forth and there's lots of confusion and there's meetings that are, are not devoted to the practical program of action. They're devoted to things like dealing with the problems in our lives and that's, that's terrific, but it's not going to get you well. Talking about it is very therapeutic. But it won't get it won't get me across the line to having had a spiritual awakening, bringing me into alignment with a higher power. So I'm not knocking. Please don't don't misunderstand. I'm not knocking. You know, we do need to talk about these things, but I have to work the steps and something mysterious happens. Something miraculous happens. And I can't explain it by science. But if you work the steps now, if we wait forever to work the steps. We're not going to have a spiritual awakening, not an effective one, sufficient to arrest this disease. That's my personal experience, and that's the message I carry with love and compassion. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Thank you so much. Can I be heard right now? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, I was thinking back to an article that Roseanne S., the OA's co-founder, founder rather, wrote. And she was saying that before 1960, most of us had grown up counting calories. I know I certainly had. And our problem was that many of us lost weight, but we were nibbling our way back to obesity. And that was certainly me. I was crunching on food all day long low-cal food. And I have to say that by the time uh, she got to AA, from my understanding, is she understood that there had to be entire abstinence from, in their case, alcohol, and from us, for us, eating all day. And I, too, was a night eater. So I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I always thought this chapter was ironic at this point, telling me it was okay for an AA to eat chocolate. Of course it was. It calmed me down, made me feel good. I didn't even need to eat chocolate in the middle of the night. Anything would calm me down. But I had to totally abstain from that. For me, abstinence was eating three moderate meals a day, with nothing in between unless directed by a health professional to have a fourth meal. And there were certain foods and behaviors I had to stay away from. The tools got me abstinent. They helped me to come to refrain from committing suicide. But the steps, the oh-so-important steps, are keeping me from committing homicide. And if I wake up in the night and I'm hungry, I just say a prayer, go to the bathroom, and go back to sleep. Eating is not an option. And I did hear someone earlier in the meeting say something about chewing gum. I had a terrible, terrible chewing gum allergy. I would chew it all day long so I could keep food in my mouth. And I would also crunch ice cubes. There were ramifications. My teeth broke. I also had physical ramifications. My skin is wrinkly. Uh, Harlan referred to it as booby arms. I always said Hadassah arms. They flap. I have wrinkled skin 
where the where the excess skin hangs over. I earned every nook and cranny. That's okay. I'm alive. I've got two arms, two legs, and I can go forth and speak to another uh, compulsive overeater. I love this program. It's a wonderful program, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your service, and Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered. Compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, Everyone said what I wanted to say. It's, uh, it's, you know, and it's the truth. I can identify with every one of you. I really did not know about my disease or the allergy or the mental twist or the spirituality until I came to Overeaters Anonymous and, uh, and started reading this book. Uh, it was, I was just so grateful. Finally, finally, there was a solution to, not, to my problem. I've been looking for the solution for 25 years of my lifetime before I came to OA. And, um, yeah, for me, it was, um, I, it was progressive. I'm little. I'm, I'm only 5'1", and I weighed about 35 pounds more than what I do now, and uh, it was getting progressive. There was just no way I could stop it. And I, it's not like I didn't try. Believe me, I tried. I tried to measure. I tried to weigh. I went to the Weight Watchers. I counted calories. I did it all, but none of it worked because I didn't understand uh, about the tw- anything about the 12 steps. And as I said, I didn't know about the allergy because they told us, you know, you could eat this every once in a while. Well, that once in a while triggered, you know, my obsession. And, I, and then I learned I had to put 100% down the food and uh, and not to pick it up. And, yes, I do have three meals a day. For me, I could have water or nothing in between. I don't starve till the next meal. And the weight was really melting. It was just amazing. But I followed the, the instructions the way they're laid out here. Put the food down, Vasa, and... Um, um, and do service. Do put put the food down, uh, clean house, and do service uh, with others. And it does work. It's a miracle. It was very hard at the beginning. That's all I wanted to focus, just on the food at the beginning. And I thought I was just going to die if I didn't eat anything in between meals or from the nighttime to the morning. That was the worst time for me, you know, giving up the night binging and stuff. But, yes, my body was getting, you know, I was beginning to develop high blood pressure, diabetes. I was on the borderline. So I'm so grateful I was led to Overeaters Anonymous and and to be with people that are like me. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York, and thank you for your service. Um, You know, um, a a body badly burned by um, compulsive eating does not recover overnight. And um, 
yeah, of course, you know, of course we don't recover our physical bodies overnight. But um, when I was like, you know, the reason I came to OA initially um, was not to have a spiritual awakening, was not, um, you know, to like become a better person. Um, It was because I was fat and I didn't want to be fat anymore. And so um, every time I embarked on anything, um, you know, that involved putting the food down, I wanted instant thinness. I wanted to look like um, every other woman, every other girl out there to me that looked normal and perfect. I wanted to look like, you know, the girls in the magazine. Um, uh, you know, um, the second I put the food down, that's what I wanted. I wanted instant, you know, instant feel better. And that's part of you know, being an addict is um, I don't like not feeling good. So if I put the food down, then I want to feel better about my body. And, um, you know, my spiritual awakening, um, it happened well before my body looked it, you know. And um, because I was still, you know, when I came in, I was over 300 pounds. And I straightened out um, mentally and I straightened out spiritually, but my body had a lot of um, catching up to do, and my body didn't reflect what I was feeling, and that was really frustrating at times. I felt, um, why aren't I losing weight quicker? Why aren't I losing weight quicker? And, um, you know, one of the things, and that I seem to hear a lot. I'm not the only one that has that feeling. Many people I work with get frustrated. They want to instantly look um, like they're recovered. And, um, you know, and something that really helped me tremendously was um, acceptance, you know, accept this body and appreciate it, the things that were functioning. Yeah, my arms are flabby, but they work. My legs are, you know, they're cellulite there, but I can walk. Um, My belly is flabby, but I did not destroy my entire digestive process. That's a miracle of God. My body um, you know, it's here and it's working. And I think, you know, one of the greatest gifts is that um, it took my body a longer time to look physically recovered um, because it allowed me to really work on my spiritual development. It allowed me to work on um, being useful and, and not just looking good. The hit was not just on looking good. And I'll, I know my time is up. I'll just quickly wrap up yeah candy and sweets work if you are not a compulsive overeater they do make you feel better but for me with the allergy they don't and um thank you with that i'll pass thank you melissa c i think we have about 30 seconds so i'll just jump in here uh um i'm i'm gonna wrap up here leah thank you this is kdf a recovered compulsive overeater and you know what worked for me in the beginning um, to to squelch those cravings doesn't work for me anymore. You know, I can't hang on to um, and do the same thing over and over and over for the rest of my life. Um, there's certain things that are black and white about my recovery, and then there's other things that change, you know, but I just appreciate everyone that um, has shared today. And the share ID for today Let me see. Um, I don't believe I got that. So I'll have to give that in a moment. Um, 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on, well, first, I'm sorry, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And I will give the share ID after hopefully we hear Craig F. read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only, found on page 164. Okay, Justin, our share ID for today is 12013. That's 12013. Okay, thank you. Craig F., please. Star one to unmute, Craig. Craig F., are you here? Can you give the share ID number again? The share ID is 12013. Thank you. This is Craig F. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you, Craig. Having, okay. Go ahead, Craig. I'm having trouble un unmuting. Okay. Good. Okay. Our book is meant Great. to be our, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.